0: Hello and welcome to the Campaign Podcast. I'm Coral Cripps, Campaign's technology and gaming editor. This is my hosting debut, so wish me luck. (laughs) Um, Today's episode follows this week's feature, written by contributing writer Jennifer Small, who details how senior talent departing agencies has caused more junior staff to see more promotions. Um, But despite the fact, this doesn't always mean they're elevated into roles that offer them stability or that suit their experience level. We're also going to talk about creativity and culture editor Gurgit Deegan's article about ASDA and Havis London appointing Hollywood director Taika Waititi to direct ASDA's next Christmas ad, which will star fellow Canadian Michael Buble. Uh, we're also going to talk about a piece written by our editor Ben Bold, where he spoke with a number of senior media buyers to discuss the return of one of the UK's favorite reality TV shows, Big Brother, and why this signals a major boost for advertisers. And then later on, Imogen Watson... Work and Inspiration Editor is going to be chatting with Shaka Sabani, Global Chief Creative Officer at Leo Burnett UK, and Mike Sutherland, Executive Creative Director at Adam and Eve DDB to talk about some recent ads. Um, first, I'd like to welcome reporter Charlotte Rawlings to talk about some of the latest news. Charlotte,
1: how's it going today? I'm good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. Good. Um, Let's get back to talking about Jennifer Small's feature. Um, it's called the Upward Talent Drain: Pressure on Juniors as Gurus Depart. Um, in this piece, she talks about how, as more senior talent is departing agencies, it's led to a juniorization of agency skill sets. Um, so we're seeing more younger staff being promoted, but sometimes without support. Um, and this also means more junior staff are sometimes being given less stable roles. Um, such as instances where they're only being given fixed term contracts or sometimes we're seeing them offered lower salaries or um, just lack of support generally. Um, Charlotte, what do you think about this piece? You you gave it a read, right?
1: Yeah. Yes, I did give it a read. That would be a problem if I hadn't. Um, It's an (laughs) interesting one because you always hear about young talent and the need to encourage young people to enter the industry, Um, but you hardly hear about the need to retain more experienced senior staff. Um, but of course, this is just as important because experience is so deeply valuable and it's something that obviously clients find really important as well. Um, in the piece, it says that the latest all-in census found that three quarters of the ad industry are between the ages of 25 and 44, illustrating how older, more experienced people will lead the agency world to take jobs in consultancy, private equity or a portfolio life, according to Kevin Chesters, who is an independent consultant. Um, the piece dived into why this might be the case recently, in part due to the fact that um, senior staff are more expensive and some agencies may not be able to afford the salaries. Um, and this can lead to, like you say, more junior staff filling those senior roles um, in order to avoid paying those higher salaries. Mm. Um, and this can also mean that the gurus disappear, um, according to Zoe Harris, who's the chief marketing officer um, at on the beach. Um, Adam Foley, who's the CEO of Bountiful Cow, um, said that he'd heard from a few people in the pitch intermediary world that clients have become dissatisfied with teams that are too junior. Um, And the AAR sort of backed this saying that it could become frustrating for clients to meet the senior people during the pitch process and then never see them again once the agency has won the business. And then the client will seek out advice from like independent consultants, which is exactly why Chester's says that's why senior people often go into those consultancy roles, because that's where the demand is.
0: Now, what do you think are the solutions to this? Because I think that you'd highlighted some solutions with me earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, Chester's also said that um, agencies should pay a decent wage, which I think Everyone can agree on that. Absolutely. That is that is crucial. Um, create conditions that are motivating and interesting. I mean, like I said before, there's a focus on talent retention, um, and I think it's particularly important to talk about retention in terms of diverse talent as well. But there's the more senior and experienced people that maybe get lost in in mm. that conversation, and you need you need to create an environment that makes them want to stay. And Chester suggests that doing um, a way of doing that is uh, by investing some proper money in learning. Um, He added that it costs 400% more to hire someone than retain them. And companies with learning cultures have a 30 to 50% higher retention rate. So companies really need to start focusing on retaining that experienced talent and ask why should people want to stay at their company?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are all really good points. And obviously, if you're a junior person who's been promoted within any kind of company, and then you don't have the right support, there's a lot of consequences that come with that. Yeah, like you can burn out. Um, Then mm. if the senior staff aren't there, they're not there to support you. Um, And yes. obviously, the right resources need to be put into making sure that these people are onboarded and, and supported and grow in the right way, like you said. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I also want to talk about a piece that Gurgit wrote about the uh, announcement that Hollywood director Taika Wachiti has been appointed to direct Asda's next Christmas ad for this year. Um, I've learned since living here that Christmas ads are a really big deal in the UK. Are they not not a thing in Canada? Like they are a thing, like we have them, but I would say there isn't like this fanfare around them the way there is here. It's huge. Um, It's like a really big deal and uh, I'm... I'm pleased to announce that um, <laughs> my fellow Canadian, we, I was encouraged to emphasize that <laughs> Michael Buble is uh, is Canadian. Um, for those who don't know, he's a very well-known crooner from Burnaby, British Columbia. Um, he's going to be in the ad and he's, I guess he's quite well-known here as well. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see that. Especially at Christmas time as well. We're yeah. always banging him out at what, Christmas. What better time to mm-hmm. have him in an ad than, than Christmas. Um, so for those who also don't know, Charlotte's a huge film buff. She knows a lot about movies um, and she knows a lot about Taika Waititi and his film history. Uh, Charlotte, can you tell our listeners uh, just a, a bit about who he is um, and what other films he's well known for in the industry?
1: I feel like we're just like inviting people from the industry to really quiz me on my film knowledge if they ever bump into me. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, uh, Taika Waititi is a film director and producer from New Zealand um, and he does a bit of acting as well. He's probably best known for directing the thor films um so thor love and thunder and thor ragnarok um have you seen either of those coral
0: I actually haven't, but I've seen other films of his.
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. fine. I'm not a massive um, superhero fan, but I have seen Ragnarok and I have to say it's my favourite of all those Marvel movies because it's just really funny and it stars Jeff Goldblum as well. So it was not to love? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But have you seen Jojo Rabbit?
0: I have. I love that movie. Yeah, me too. I watched it on a plane on the way home from Spain. Um, This was when I still lived in Canada. Yeah. Um, So obviously it was a long flight and uh, this was right before the pandemic. So it's kind of a immortalized in my head it's like the last big trip I took oh, before really? COVID yeah. and on the way home I watched Jojo Rabbit and I got I don't usually cry on planes or like on <laughs> movies either but I got really
1: emotional yeah. when yeah. I watched it because it was so beautifully done it's a done. tearjerker isn't it yeah. it's a tearjerker yeah so uh, for those who haven't watched it I think this was the film that probably catapulted him into onto everyone's radar yeah um, it's a film about a young German boy um, who's in the Hitler Youth um, and he has an imaginary friend in the form of Adolf Hitler who is played by Waititi and that all gets questioned when he finds out that his mother who is played by Scarlett Johansson is hiding a Jewish girl in their home um but i actually it's funny that you mentioned the pandemic because i actually watched that on my birthday during lockdown with my parents oh nice and that, yeah i've just got a very because i was like what can we do it's my birthday so i was like okay let's watch let's watch this none of us have seen it before and that's it, a good way to spend it yeah i think so it was like because it was a bit funny but also yeah a, a real tearjerker as well and we were all quite emotional at the end of it but i don't know if that's just because we were been cooped up for too long um but yeah it's a good one i'd recommend it um but yeah, he's also directed a few ads before. So he did Amazon's Joy is Made Christmas ad by Lucky Generals last year, which told the story of a father making a giant snow globe for his daughter. And he also voiced Ralph the Rabbit in the Humane Society International Save Ralph campaign by Vesper Pictures. Um, have you seen that? it went viral no. it went viral on online um last year but it followed the life of ralph the rabbit it's an animation um in his job as an animal tester and the film won a grand prix for good last year um, oh i'll have to watch it yeah you should it's quite intense um yeah you don't expect animations to be quite so brutal but it was it's a bit of a hard watch but it was it definitely did get the point across yes yeah. nice. nice thanks for that um yeah i i would
0: also second uh recommending Jojo Rabbit beautiful movie Scarlett Johansson's acting is amazing mm. I think that might be the favorite role that I've seen her in yeah second yeah. to Ghost in the Shell of course of course yeah of course that be a movie I would uh I would really like and then I, I'm I'm been asked to include an oblig- obligatory line about Michael Buble. Um, Michael Buble, this is not the first time he's been in a campaign, um, but UK listeners might not know this so well. We have this soft drink in Canada called Bubbly. So it's B-L-Y. It's just like ah. a carbonated water drink, but it comes in different fruit flavors. Got you. And so I looked it up. PhD did this campaign in Canada and um, Michael Buble is in it and he, um, They like basically um, maybe we can link it in in the article, but it's uh, (laughs) it's basically like a play on words between his name and the drink. And he um, I think if I recall this correctly, like he goes around and he keeps trying to like say his name in the ad, but then they keep mispronouncing it. Right, uh, but um, yeah, I just wanted to add that in. Like, there's uh, Michael Bublé. Um, obviously, is is quite involved with the advertising world, and this is the <laughs> first time he's been in a in a fun campaign. Um, but then I also just wanted to add that, uh, obviously, as this campaign from last year, which I am quite familiar with, featured clips of Elf starring mm-hmm. Will Ferrell, um, and he was basically like superimposed into the store in the ad, and um, you know it was really well received. Even Will Ferrell himself really loved it. Yes. Do you think
1: do you think Harvest London is going to be able to top last year's ad this year? I loved last year's ad. It was, it was one really that good. really did get me excited for Christmas. I would have to say it might even be my favorite Christmas ad of last year. Um as someone who loves Elf as well, like maybe I'm biased, but um they seem to be still be tapping into that star power with michael buble mm-hmm. so it should be interesting what route this one goes down um and like i said love a bit of buble at christmas time so
0: yeah it's a good time to listen to his music
1: yeah maybe i don't know maybe i'll have a <laughs> bit of a soft spot for this one i wonder if they're gonna get him to sing like i just i'm very intrigued because he wears an asda uniform doesn't he in the ad so um yeah i don't know how, where you can go with it but uh, we shall see see what michael will do
0: yeah um And then I also wanted to chat briefly about Ben's piece that was published today, where he talks about how attractive of a prospect the return of Big Brother is for advertisers, especially as we look at both its older and newer viewers. Um, He says that reality TV is one of Gen Z's favorite genres. Um, And he also highlights how, and I'm sorry, like, I... I'm not privy to this information, <laughs> uh, but Love Island is this year's biggest show for people aged 16 to 34 right now. Um, Charlotte, I think you know a lot more about Love Island <laughs>
2: and X- Big Brother than game, I, doing I do. <laughs> um,
0: so I would love to know, um, you know, what do you think about this, and can you see Big Brother being a viable competitor against Love Island? I know since moving here as well, Love Island is very popular. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. <laughs> and, and with that, do you think advertisers are right to pay attention to its return?
1: It's going to be hard to top Love Island. But then again, that the series figures have been decreasing slowly over the years. So maybe there is room for something to kind of like take its place. Mm, okay. Um I've seen a lot of hype from people like around my age as well around big brother coming back. And I think it's cause it's appealing to that sense of nostalgia. A lot of us might feel for the show. Like I right. was quite young when it was at its peak, but I still watched it with like my siblings and stuff. Um, and yeah I, I do have those like memories of watching it so and it was on the TV all the time Um, so I feel like a lot of people would be like intrigued to see what it's going to be like coming back because oh, I, yeah. I didn't I watched it when it was originally on channel 4 but I never picked it up again when it moved to channel 5 mm. Um, but a lot of people my age still watched it um when it was on channel 5 Ben's piece suggested that it will likely appeal to a new audience um because according to Emma Moorhead head of channel planning at Wavemaker um, the younger generation Will have seen clips on TikTok like from previous series that have gone viral. Uh, I've seen like loads on TikTok, Um, maybe they're resurfacing now that it's coming back, but it might also attract like older audiences as well who grew up with Big Brother as a staple. So there's like that mix, I think, um, that I think stands it in good stead. Um, And I also think the fact that it's going on ITVX, um, ITV streaming service, will make a big difference too. So people might not watch it live, but they can catch up on it or even binge it whenever they have the time. Um, Greg Chalmers, um, head of broadcast at the Kite Factory, said it might have the potential to be reminiscent of your dad trying to fit in with your friends. (laughs) Um, He said you might have been cool in 2000, but it's all about Love Island, Made in Chelsea, and Married at First Sight. So I don't know. I do kind of see that as well. He did also say that the first episode has a good chance of pulling in strong live viewing through a mix of original fans who want to see the new approach um, and curious newbies. And I can definitely say I'll be one of the original fans um, watching to see what it's all about. I just hope it kind of keeps its original charm, I suppose. But yeah, we'll see.
0: Nice, thanks for that. I think, um, yeah, I agree that it's funny how you see Um, like clips of older shows and and programming on TikTok and Instagram now. And that's allowed us to relive them. And I think there is a special movement going around right now with nostalgia and being able to not only show newer viewers, older programming, but appeal to the people who watch those things when they were aired. I I myself have like accounts I follow on Instagram and TikTok that show exactly that. Big Brother isn't in those accounts, but like programming I watched as a kid is in them. And it yeah. It is really special to, to see. Did you that. ever
1: have Big Brother or anything like that in Canada when we, you were growing up? We do, yeah. Mm, yeah, um, but you just didn't watch him.
0: I no, I would say <laughs> like just we're just dropping all these Canadian references now. <laughs> um I no, personally I've never been a big reality T V watcher, but right. I appreciate it. I appreciate the the cultural movement that it spurred. Uh, I know that's a you know, it, it's, it's spurred a huge movement in the UK. I know Big Brother's got a big heritage here. Yeah. Um, I have an account I follow where I watch programming from a channel called Much Music, which right. used to be our, it was like our version of MTV. And I get very misty eyed when I see it. And <laughs> I think that new viewers have been able to enjoy it through social media platforms. Yes, definitely. So it's, it's. I think it's really cool that you brought that up as yeah. a link to, to um explain why. Big Brother might make an even bigger comeback than he yeah.
1: is. I think one thing I will say though is that with these reality TV shows, when they get super duper popular, that's when they become less less authentic because that's true. you know that there are the the influencer, um, the desire for people to be influencers and like make it big, um, which is probably where Love Island has gone, where people have been scouted um, mm. and you haven't really got the real people going on it anymore. You've got it. You've got people going on it for career prospects. And I just hope that Big Brother kind of stays um, authentic with that and doesn't attract like, you know, people who are just on it for their careers, you know? Right. So usually Big Brother just had like everyday people in the... There was everyday people with the original Big Brother and then there was Celebrity Big Brother as well so that's right okay yeah i've seen clips of celebrity
0: big brother yes but i i know what you mean survivor is another equivalent show where it's just everyday right. people who are put in a situation and they have to work together and they've all yeah come from different walks of, of life but none yeah. of them are famous they're made famous from the well i guess the show does make them a bit yeah. More famous yeah like prior to being on the show they have like everyday jobs yeah they're not influencers or creators they're just like people with normal jobs looking to do something new and win money. Yeah, win money and be on TV. (laughs) And be on TV, yeah. Yeah. All right, thanks, Charlotte. This was a great chat. Uh, We're now going to hand things over to Imogen to chat about recent ads with Shaka and Mike. On to the
3: creator review. After a damp summer hiatus, Adland is back in action. Here to discuss some recent ads, I'm delighted to be joined by Chaka Sobani, Global Chief Creative Officer at Leo Burnett UK, and Mike Sutherland, Executive Creative Director at Adam and Eve DDB. First up, we have Vodafone Ireland, Red Family by Grey London. The campaign promoted Vodafone's family money-saving scheme with a couple of films that explore the way parents and families bond with their children. Violin shows a young girl proudly playing her instrument badly for her family. They don't want to discourage her from her newfound hobby, but have to endure the torture of her amateur recital. Concert captures a dad taking his young daughter to a K-pop boy band concert against his better judgment. Max Sherman directed the film through some such. It was created by Liam Campbell and Cameron Sutherland. Let's have a listen.
2: It's lovely, dear. Oh, it was so well done. Mm. That was.
3: I, I just. I, you can
2: play it again. What did you guys think? Did you ever? Did you have a favorite? Oh, I thought they were both very sweet, to be honest. Um, mm. Very um, sort of true insights. Sort mm. of a calmness about them. I think it's a really tough category, Telco overall, mm. and trying to stand out, and obviously you've got the juggernauts of um of ee and o2 and they've got really distinctive assets um so i thought they did a nice job yeah i thought they played really sweetly i found them engaging i thought they were you know entertaining and stuff um if i had to pip one probably uh probably the dad one only because Mm -hmm. i have listened to that violin recital a number of times myself and also an oboe one at one stage and Coming up next is the drums, just in case you want to know. So that's going to be great. Mm. Uh, but yeah, s- sweet work. I'd, I'd love to see. Obviously, um, obviously, Vodafone's got such an incredible heritage, and I, I don't want to do that. Be that person who harks back and all that rubbish. Is you know, mm. we all of us try and make great work every single time. But they did make some of the most iconic work with like Mayfly and stuff. So it would be um, yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it, they're lovely pieces. I'd I'd love to see them. Push it more next time and kind of get to the heart of what they're saying. Personally, mm. do you agree, Mike? Yeah,
4: yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, they're, they're really kind of enjoyable to watch. I, th- I think you know what what's great about these is they're just really relatable. Uh, yeah. You know, as 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 a as a parent who recently had to endure uh, Peppa Pig world, <laughs> um, I can I can vouch that you certainly have to to go through a lot to connect with your family. So um, yeah, I, I like them. They like I said, you know, um, I, I quite. I, for me, if I was to choose one, probably I liked the violin one just because it was really difficult to watch, and that's the whole point of it. And you know, the sound design was really kind of grating mm. and stuff, and so it, it kind of really kind of played on that. So yeah, and I, I thought these were really nice, but um yeah,
3: I love the shot across the faces, and it's just it's very subtle. And I thought the starring role was the little boy.
2: Um, And
3: I I was talking to David Wigglesworth, um, Gray, about it. And it was quite interesting. These are stories you don't see when you see the ads, but he said basically the the boy was actually a bit of a rascal running around, as you would do when you're a kid, because you want sort of a natural kid. And basically the director, Max Sherman, was just like basically throwing questions at him that was baffling him a bit. And that's how they captured finally that sort of bamboozled, look because it's like how do you bring him down a level
2: <laughs> i'm really glad you said when you, you paused after the word throwing i was like what the hell was he throwing at the poor boy <laughs> yeah. as, long, as long as it was questions that's all legit that good. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah i don't know if they did a radio one but i think the violin one could also make a really good radio spot mm. especially if they sort of you know was a 60 that kind of was really really hard to listen to but yeah, yeah no, i thought they were good
3: the key is just that relatability like everyone has been through a recital I used to play the bassoon not very well <laughs> and overheard my mum say that was the most painful thing she'd ever listened to um, so that was fun let's move on <laughs> before I bring in my childhood trauma next up we have Teska's clothing brand F&F Make Fashion Sense by Bartle Vogel Hegarty BBH won the account back in January tasked with overseeing F&F's brand strategy and creative vision the debut campaign moved. Its positioning from value to a style-focused choice. The film shows a man and woman running to- towards each other in beautiful scenery. As they embrace, the man notices the woman's clothing is from F and F. She tells him it's the jacket of the season, and they both agree it's a hit. The work is created by Uche Azuguru, uh, Karen Davidson, and Mark Rayson. It was shot by Eleanor Petiti de Roretto through anonymous content. Let's have a listen. FNF, you're joking, Dawn. Jacket of the season, Carrie. I really love it. I love it too. FNF makes fashion sense. So, like I say, it's the first work from BBH. What did you guys think?
4: Uh, again, like I really like these. I, I, you know, it made me laugh. Um, I like the way it's slightly poking or taking taking the piss out of the fashion world. And it mm-hmm. just punks punctures it with that kind of you know there's the kind of really normal names and just like and the dialogue's funny um so i really enjoyed this i mean my only thing was like maybe they could have pushed the fashion bit a bit a bit further mm. you know, there's some really kind of bonkers fashion stuff but yeah um i, I, I really like these i thought um yeah so it, was, it made me smile
2: yeah, I, I think Mike and I are going to be in violent agreement throughout all of this. You you want some fiery debate, don't you? But um, I couldn't agree with him more. And actually, funny enough, um, similarly to to Vodafone, it's, it's actually just quite nice to see uh, a return to humour for a lot of brands, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. Uh, and also really simple humour, um, mm-hmm. really simple scenarios, really well executed, great performances letting the comedy breathe mm-hmm. uh it doesn't have to be all singing or dancing with tricks and gimmicks and and you know bouncing all over the walls um uh, yeah as mike said I, I i thought they were i thought it was incredibly incredibly sweet i love the little gentle prods uh, I love just those little things like, you know, they're called Dawn and Gary. Yeah. Uh, sort of the car, I was Brilliant. I don't know why that makes me laugh. I don't know why either, but I, I love that. It's, it's a throwback. So I thought it was it, you're too young. Yeah. I was going to say it's a throwback to my 80s childhood that, that people had. Gary anxiety. Newman? Uh, no, no, I can't remember that. Jesus, no. More, more when you had those visor things, you know, on a, on a Ford Escort XR3i. And it yeah. usually said things yeah. like Terry and June or Gary and Dawn. I just sort of quite mm. like it. Probably gives away the age of the person who wrote the uh, wrote the spot. But um, no, just really, really gentle performances and and nicely done. And that's a that's a difficult brand, you know. It's part of Tesco's. Mm. You know, it obviously sits within the store. Um, it's difficult for those brands to stand out in amongst the mm. other sort of mahousives of the of the high street. So I, th- I thought they did a lovely job. Really lovely job. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you're right about the humor side of things because I think when things are over-egged comedy, it's almost like you're sort of forcing a laugh out. But if you just mm. draw it back and make it really simple and subtle, mm. um, yeah. it's something that just makes you smile and sort of do yeah. a bit of like, oh, um,
4: um, so- yeah. Because I, th- I think uh, you know, like four out of the six pieces of work that we're going through are funny spots. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's great to see a sort of resurgence of funny ads because we, I think all took ourselves too seriously for way too long.
2: Yeah. Uh, and
4: it's nice just, to see, <laughs> nice just to see something that makes people smile.
3: Yeah, it's nice to laugh again. <laughs> On to Heinz and Lick. Heinz has developed a limited edition ketchup-coloured paint with vibrant paint brand Lick. The red HTK 57 paint was developed using a blend of pigments to create the unmistakable Heinz tomato ketchup colour. Um, Chaka, have you ever looked at a ketchup bottle and thought, my living room would look re- really mint
2: in that red. Funnily enough, babe, not really. Um, <laughs> I think I might have lost my mind at that point, but I don't think that's the point, is it? It's um, no. it's it's just so it's sort of deliciously shits and giggles, and yeah. I like it when a brand plays out of its um, more traditional channels and sort of yeah. where people are used to seeing it, but they also. Um, they make sure that it's fitting as well. Cause sometimes I think, you know, sometimes there are, you know, brands want to play in new places, but it's like, well, okay, where, where are the people? And you of go, well, I'm not sure if you, you'll fit or necessarily the sort of story or the narrative or the idea that you're trying to, um, Talk to for your brand this really pops there, but it's just this is really simple. And look, they're, they're off. I was going to say they're off the back. They've done this con- continuously. They've got such a strong body mm. of work. Whether it's you know fraud, obviously from this year, or the brilliant stuff around. Remember the Roman numerals of fifty-seven for the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, it's I think it's one of the most overused terms in our industry. Of like uh, we should play in culture. We should play in culture. Mm-hmm. But I think when brands understand their own culture. So the culture of the brand, and then how that plays in the in the uh, the, the uh, culture of the consumer. I think you have tidier fits, and it just feels more authentic. And they've always just got a brilliant sense of humour, Heinz. So mm-hmm. I dig it. I don't think anyone's ever going to buy. I mean, if they buy that, they're absolute mad men and women, and I and I applaud them. And <laughs> I I'm sure they are. all like people. it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not surprised uh, in the slightest. <laughs> uh i look forward to coming around to your yeah, yeah yeah it, welcome
3: uh, you should say from- the mayonnaise room <laughs> 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 every well. room's a different condiment color
4: <laughs> really yeah no i i, I agree like I, I i thought it was really interesting i, I mean i liked it just because it was different shaped work mm. uh you know and actually making something i think shaka's point like it's such a strong, recognizable asset that you know I saw a Barbie poster uh a couple of months ago, and it it was just a pink billboard and it just had the release date and nothing else and everyone knew what exactly what mm. what that was for and you could run just a red billboard and say "Think of the brand," and people mm-hmm. would know instantly what you're talking about so I love the fact that they've taken that and and and, and done something different um mm. and also it's a ludicrous idea, but is it? Because, I mean, you 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 look at some of the names of the paints you get, like Farron Ball, and it's like... Elephant's salty. breath. <laughs> yeah, or like hungover frog and stuff like yeah. that. And you're like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's, why not? Why not catch it? People will so, buy it. Yeah.
3: yeah, I think it's one of those things when you see a collaboration... It's the sort of thing you read in your inbox and you go, oh God, here we go. Um, but it's like, choose the right sort of person to do it with. I think Lick's quite a cool paint vibrant color by brand and it almost sort of feels right rather than that sort of gimmicky um yeah. collaboration that's like god can you stop collaborating with things
4: <laughs> um the only thing i sort of and maybe it was there that i just didn't see it was I, I wouldn't have mind seeing the work that tells people that they've made this paint because mm-hmm. um, because it's great doing it but then how do you let people know about it and so that mm-hmm. would be my only i, I wouldn't mind knowing what they did to tell people about it Mm,
3: mm. next up we have canon canon pixma printers for the stuff of life by bccp canon is exploring the chaos and variety of life in a campaign shows the various reasons why someone might need to use a pixma printer from work admin to lost and found flyers the campaign was directed by simon ratigan through rogue films and created by pip bishop and chris hoskis let's have a listen Boarding passes, lost cat flyer, lost teddy flyer, lost glasses flyer, map of campsite, map of this year's campsite, duh, George's study in blue, instructions for removing paint, dad's mud race, homemade Halloween mask, ideas for cats big day, no meringues, well, maybe just one, this year's Christmas card, figures for very important meeting, revised figures for very important meeting, okay, final, final
2: figures for very important meeting, ten ways to
3: de-stress. what did you think?
2: Lovely Canon. It makes me feel a little nostalgic. I don't mean that in a patronising way. I'm sorry. It's just, I just have, I feel so much for brands like Canon because it's just so bloody difficult Mm. in terms of where technology's gone, how we use photography, Mm -hmm. you know, how back in the day it was you know there was something sort of so much more it's not necessarily even special but sort Mm. of craft led about it you had your you know you put it in and it was processed Mm. and you'd get you know your prints in your hand and you'd make albums
4: and you know I can't remember
2: it's a it was a massive part of your life and now obviously everything Mm. I mean it's not it's not it's not just a few people it's not it's just everyone we keep everything on our phones that's how we organize them obviously we print out certain things and so I think it's a really tough strategic place to come from. Of like, how do you make the brand um, relevant mm-hmm. and kind of exciting when you're fighting against, you know, the iPhone 50 yeah. just came out today <laughs> with like seven thousand whizzy bloody cameras, and they're like, oh, you can print out a map. <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> not a criticism of the work, by the way, it, it, at all. No, it's I think a business problem. Being really smart, mm. yeah, it's a really mm. big business mm. problem, and I can see why they've you know, really, really sort of simply and cleverly just got to the heart with no overclaim or complication to ultimately what Canon does, which is, you know, in all of these different needs that you've got, there are moments when you want to print some stuff out and kind of broaden that as opposed to Mm. just sort of family pictures and stuff. So uh, as I said, I think they've done a really lovely job. I just think it's so, so tough to sort of, um, they're not competing obviously with the tech brands, but to kind of have a whistle of kind of, you know, modernity and stuff like that mm. when it's it's quite singular what you do and what you bring to people's life and it's quite specific and not massively needed. Mm. You know what I mean? As I said, we all have digital albums. We don't necessarily print them out. It's a nice to have. To myself. It's a nice to have. So tough bloody brief. I'm really glad to see that they are, still going gen- genuinely mm. actually that they're, they're still around and that is still important there's nothing better than actually you know imagine if someone gives you an album of you know for your birthday or something like that that's incredibly meaningful mm. that the emotion and the meaning of it is never gone it's just the pace at which we live life we just obviously we just we just don't tap into that sort of stuff anymore mm. but really lovely bloody tough brief god mm. bless him um and um yeah i don't know whether you uh you feel the same Mike. Uh, I completely disagree. No, no, no. I'm
4: joking.
2: Uh, Go <laughs> on, mate. Right. Yeah, no,
4: I'm, no. uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm with you on this one. For me, again, I think like the strategy of felt a little bit like you're telling me I can print out stuff with a printer. Like there's no new news there. I know it's really hard to find something new to talk about, but it, it, it felt like a bit of a list of things you can print, and I know printers can print, and it just felt a mm. bit like it just didn't feel like it was telling me anything new and you know to your point chuck about like would it be more interesting to go up against the phones and when you really want to find something that means something like or, mm. oh where did, where's that picture i took the really great one five years ago on mm. some, you know what i mean like it's hard to find stuff you know like for example like I'm, I'm a bit of a dinosaur and i still print out my boarding pass when Aww. I go somewhere else. And uh, <laughs> cause I, I also, I also lose, lose my phone quite a lot. Um, but my, my friend was like, my friend was like, why are you printing out your boarding pass? And I was like, I don't know, I just always do. And then we got to the the gate and his phone had died. Uh, so he, and I was like, right. <laughs> but like, I don't know if there's something more interesting in that, but it, yeah. it just, I just think the work, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't bad by any by any stretch of imagination, but it just felt like you're telling me exactly what printers do. And I don't mm. think anyone... I think everyone knows that um so yeah
3: it's, it's almost like if if you look at music people have gone back to records because there is that sort of like I don't know nostalgic thing about listening to music it's almost like they should push more in that direction rather than trying to modernize it's like because a lot mm. of my friends they still use cameras and print it and then you've got this physical copy that you know you've got a draw you can go through for the rest of the time and I think it's something that I would want to do so you wonder whether that's their selling point still and there is there is a sort of market for that still
4: mm. yeah yeah, yeah, it just felt like that. Maybe there was a new, interesting way of tackling it that we kind of highlighted something else. But mm. like I'm, I'm saying, like it's it's not it's not bad. It just felt a bit. I, I, I know that.
3: Mm. Mm. Next up, Channel Four. Everyone is excited, even then, by Four Creative, because the Great British Bake Off is almost back. To hype up bakers across the country, Channel Four released a film that saw a group of determined ingredients embark on a treacherous journey to the Great British Bake Off tent. The characters dodged dogs, bad weather and human interference to dedicate their lives to becoming a showstopper, only to be demolished by judges and presenters seconds later. It was created by Zoe Nash and Sally Horsey at 4 Creative, and the film was directed by Juan P. Hororo and Tim McCourt. Let's have a listen. you guys think because obviously channel 4 and bbc before it the bake-off ads are sort of a genre in their
2: own really it's so good i mean we talked about humor but uh, i'm a big fan of channel 4's work Mm. as we all are and and the bbc's work and there are these moments you know it's like when the world cup's on or the euros Mm -hmm. or some sort of big event forward to it uh, (laughs) You look forward to it. You want to mm. see what the work is going to be. And it's not mm. just the advertising, because obviously it's like literally it's delicious, it, I mean, particularly on the Beeb, and it mm. goes into the into the programming as well, obviously with sports, slightly different, obviously with the Bake Off. Um, and, and of course, uh, we're probably a little bit more geeky about in terms of sort of having the knowledge of sort of four creatives, beautiful, delicious history of fantastic work. And this for me was like, it's not even a return to again. It's not about looking back, but just setting the bar again mm. is absolutely Bob on, and I don't. Well, I, I think probably people do appreciate it. Like how difficult it is to come back to the same show. I worked at ITV mm. for a, a number of years, and you know when you're on season fourteen of I'm a Celeb, get me out of here, it's quite tricky. You know, mm. and and at the end of the day, it's the same show. You know, it's bugs. You've it's exhausted addicted, everything. <laughs> you've exhausted everything, and to come up with something original and fresh, and Obviously, you know, it had flavors of, of the, the brilliant work um, uh, of Alex Butel on, mm. like, you know, Jamie, uh, Jamie Oliver's stuff. And j- just, uh, just they've obviously, Full Creative have got a, 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 an incredibly rich heritage. They continue it. I love it when they land something like this that is as entertaining as the show. Mm. That's the most important thing, I think, when you're dealing with, mm. like, program brands. Uh, I really understand it. Again, it makes you smile. You know, if my kids were younger, they would have absolutely been all over this. Do you know what I mean? Even though they don't watch the Bake Off, it's like a little bit of entertainment in and of itself. Um, And the craft, again, as always, um, they just, they, it's beautifully crafted. Mm. You could make a bad version of this. I know that's an obvious thing to say. You say that about everything, but you could have made a really shit version of this. Mm. Uh, and it's not, and it didn't makes you smile and it made me happy. I was watching these <laughs> as I was obviously in a brilliant way of walking up a street and um, uh, and watching them on my pods mm. and watching on my phone. And I was smiling like a loon. Um, so I, I loved it. And I'm so, pl- I, I, yeah, I get I get sort of, a, a, I get very, very happy mm. when I see um the networks do great yeah. work, whether it's it's the terrestrials or whether it's Channel Four or whether it's Amazon Prime or whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um it's a great body of work. Yeah, I'm a nerd for it too.
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. Again, you know, it's it's a big funny ad. You know, I think the public will love it. Uh, it's got you know that nostalgic kind of music track. And what I love about it is also the more you watch it, there's just the more it rewards you. And there's all those little funny moments where, you know, the butter's melting and then, you know, the, the moment the egg is cracked. And, you know, and it's it just, like I say, you can't help but smile when you watch it. And what I, what I also like about it is it's got a sort of slightly sinister undertone to it as well. That You know, they're so excited <laughs> to go and be melted and shredded and killed and stuff like that. Mm. And I think that, that moment where they, they realise that, Oh my! Yeah, but you're going to crack us, and then they oh fuck it, we love it anyway. Do you know what I mean? So it's got those the nice little beats to the narrative that I think is you know kind of rewards you each time you watch it. So um, yeah, no, I I, I loved it. It was great. Mm.
3: Finally, we have Guinness, Don't Jinx It by Abbott Mead Vickers BBDO. Filmed in the style of a sports documentary, it captures Irish fans getting pumped for the Rugby World Cup tournament, but acting naturally cautious and self-deprecating as they recall times they jinxed the Irish squad by being too cocksure. It was created by Will Brookwell and Louis Pernod and directed by James Rouse through Biscuit. Let's hear some of it. Well, he cost Ireland the tournament last time.
4: Oh, come on. All he did was say, I think we're going to Back in 2019, uh, I booked the return for the day after the final.
3: Why did you do that?
4: Well, I
2: mean... Because well, we'll he's think... an
3: OK. Four years ago, I just thought it
1: was a really good idea, you know? But then we lost, and I didn't think
3: it was such a good idea. And how far do you think we're going to go this time? The four group games are enough, you know? No, yeah, just... Four grip games, what more do you need? <laughs> no.
2: I like you. Participant merchandise yeah. on safe, parked, <laughs> and safely. Thanks very much. Say you again.
4: We're definitely not going to win. No. Not a chance. I think we might. When you say nothing at all.
2: Go on, Mikey. You go first, mate. Uh, I,
4: again, really, really like this one. I mm. think it's just got a really nice tone to it. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, if you look at all the other sort of ads, you know, World Cup ads and all that, it, you, you, there's, you know, follow your dreams, train forever. Mm. And what was brilliant about this was it was just none of that. It mm-hmm. felt very, very unique in its tone of voice and its point of view. Um, I love I love the casting in it. They were the people were brilliant. Um, like I say, the strategy of just, you know, don't jinx it, you know, keep quiet. Like I just, just, it just felt really refreshing. And like, mm-hmm. to your mm-hmm. point about trying to recreate work with the same thing, you know, it's the world cup. We There's been world, world cup, hundreds of world cups. Like how do you find something new? How do you find something interesting? And I think they found a really kind of unique angle on this that, mm-hmm. that felt, kind of refreshing and, 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 again, just fun to watch. Um, and, I, and I thought the music choice also was was really good on that.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I agree in, entirely. And I think it's sort of classic James Rouse, isn't mm. it? Sort of beautifully well-observed performances, great casting. Um, I think to Mike's point that there's so much, understandably, sort of big braggadoos kind of work that sits around uh, big sporting events it's nice to bring it back to the fans and again not just with sort of waving flags and all and and all the you know the, the, the usual fare that we see, which is great but um, it's such a the minute I saw it one again, it made me smile there's always the, I love it when there's a couple of characters mm. that you always remember because they've just got that added bit of comedy. Uh, and the performance is so good. And it just rings true. The insight is just spot on. It's not complicated. Everyone can relate to it. We all, you know, we're all incredibly superstitious. Mm. I wore, I mean, it stank by the end of it, but for um, the World Cup, just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the real one, by the way, the women's yeah, one. I was going to say. Uh, just to be clear. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the one where we actually yeah. do well. Um, I wore my shirt, literally, I didn't wash it. I was like, no, because obviously the foot, we were a bit. um, we, we were a little bit um, slow to start. So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 And so mm-hmm. by the end of it, you can imagine mm-hmm. it wasn't, I think the word would probably be ripe. Mm. <laughs> but I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to work. Obviously it didn't bloody work, did it? No. I should have <laughs> washed it and then, you know. Not stank. What's it called? And Not stank, yeah. And um, yeah, probably done something with the Spanish shirt or something. But anyway, um, yeah, super, super sweet. Mm. Um, uh, really lovely insight. Great performances. Uh, And and again, again, I think, again, without sort of doing uh, sort of obviously a bloody sort of historical thing of it, Mm. it's just always great when you see brands that have made great work continue to make great work. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. some of it can be really big and it can, you know, change the landscape. And some of it, I I think it's there's space to applaud all of it. You know what I mean? Um, It doesn't have to be a big blockbuster. It can be beautifully made and and ultimately entertain people and do something for the brand, which Mm. I think this would.
3: Not to sound like a nerd, but I've watched this one so many times now. <laughs> I don't know. do you have that sort of ad that you keep going back and re-watching? Because I, I just really loved it. It was one of those ones where it feels a little bit like, God, has this been done before? Because it's such a brilliant idea. But there's almost the thing in the fact that obviously Ireland's just won the Grand Slam at the Six Nations. They didn't get far last time. They only got to quarters. There's, there is this very timely reaction to that.
2: Um, are you slightly biased in this conversation? Not I'm not funny, Irish. But, uh... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm Scottish and Welsh. No, are <laughs> so you telling not me biased? that all this time that we've known each other, I've managed <laughs> to find the one country in the United Kingdom that you're actually not? You no, know, Irish people yeah. have asked me. It's the Irish,
3: to be sure. Uh, <laughs> you see? Uh, it's the okay, ours. All right. That's what's frozen here. But yeah, that was great. Well, that's all we have time for. But it's nice to sort of go through and actually be quite a lot. There's a lot of good work out at the minute, it sounds. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, thank you so much for nice joining.
2: To be positive about work as well. Yeah, yeah, feels yeah. good. Yeah.
3: um Well, yeah. Thank you for joining. Thank you, all right darling.
0: Take care. Thank you. That's all we have time for today. If you'd like to learn more about what we've been discussing today, please visit our website campaignlive.co.uk. Details of our subscriptions are available at campaignlive.co.uk/forward/slash/membership. If you enjoyed this episode of the Campaign Podcast. Please follow us, like us, and leave a review whenever you listen to podcasts. And a big thank you to Haymarket Studio Producers Inga Marsden and Till Owen, and also our producer Aan Lyons from Rethink Audio. And to you for listening, I hope you'll join us next time. On behalf of the campaign team, goodbye.